You got to get serious and get into this battle. And what we're watching happening in the governments and the earth and everything is the type and shadow of what's going to happen in the kingdom. Don't mess with us. Don't mess with our kids no more. We're not playing this game. There's so much destruction that's going on with these people. We really need to stand up. See, the Lord has given us the authority to break the yokes. And it's time that the church gets out of the four walls and gets in the streets and starts talking Jesus. Jesus, Amen. Hello to all our listeners out there. This is VOH News, and we just want to welcome everyone. Today's going to be a really good program. So many things to talk about. Uh, I know a lot of you are always asking questions about, you know, is there anything I can do? Uh, what's what's going on? What's the new news on the COVID vaccinations? Uh, things that are happening with that. And we have a great guest today. Um, this this man has uh, really uh, touched me as far as his knowledge in the in the area of virology and and the things that he knows and things he's been working with vaccinations for years. Uh, he's probably one of the most censored uh, doctors uh, uh, in the United States on his his views of of what's going on within the in the area of vaccinations, and he's. Uh, He's been a doctor for over 30 years in over um, almost 100 countries. He's done seminars all over the world, and uh, he's the head of the Center of Advanced Medicine. And I'm here with Dr. Uh, Rashid. And brother, it's, it's good to have you on the uh, Buttar, I'm sorry, uh, on our program. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate that. So you just did a big conference here in... Uh, in uh, the last few weeks with bringing doctors in and just talking about this topic, what was uh, some of the things that were highlighted to you? Some of the things that really stood out and you were, you know, encouraged about or, or enlightened about, I, I know there's so much information coming out right now when it comes to COVID that, you know, it's almost every day you, you hear something new. Yeah, uh, so there's a there's a lot of stuff that happened at the at the Advanced Medicine Conference, and I can tell you that this was our first fourth conference. We do it every year, Memorial Day weekend, and uh, this year was in San Antonio, Texas, and I can tell you that I believe this was the most important one that we just had. I had two of the speakers who stated to me that it was the most important conference that they've spoken at, at, which I was very excited to hear. And and both of these speakers have spoken all over the world. And it wasn't as well attended as I would have hoped compared to last year. And Mm -hmm. I believe there were a number of reasons for that. But I can tell you that the desire for the recordings of the conference is crazy. And the reason Mm. I think it's crazy is because of what the information that was presented, because all up until this point, this is really important, Michael, for your listeners, if they've already had the vaccine or any of the boosters. Up until this point, when I have been asked what can be done if you've already had the vaccine to negate the effects of the vaccine, My answer has been the same exact answer. Nothing, nothing can be done once the vaccine has been introduced into your body because this is messenger RNA technology 
And RNA naturally in the body is designed to repair and, and rewrite DNA. DNA is a blueprint in your body and RNA is a way that the mechanism by which that blueprint is fixed if it's damaged or repaired or rewritten. And what they've done is they've mm -hmm. taken a synthetic version of it and started to rewrite the blueprint, changing your DNA, changing what makes an individual human and going in a direction that whatever direction the, the orchestrator of the technology desires, it's going to drive you to that. But whatever it is, it's not allowing us to remain, those that have gotten the vaccine, it's not allowing us to remain with the same blueprint that we were put on this earth. Mm -hmm. Now, up until this point, and, and by the way, I've said this for two and a half years, my first interview, and since that point, that was March 2020, uh, big interview about COVID. Since then, it's always been the same exact stance. That first video went 9.2 million views in six days, and that's when wow. the YouTube started taking them down. We've had all of our videos that hit over a million views in the first 12 hours, 89 different videos that hit a million views in less than 12 hours that were all taken down. Um, we realized at a certain point, it was very interesting. I did a video with a colleague and it, the subject was love and gratitude, focusing mm. on love and gratitude. We didn't talk about politics. We didn't talk about medicine. We didn't talk about cancer. We didn't talk about anything that could be construed controversial. My, you know, I talk about autism and cancer and a lot of those things get censored because they don't want the truth to be known. But, and that's been historically for the last 25 years or so, but with this COVID stuff, it's, it went up to the next notch. What was interesting was this conversation on love and gratitude that didn't talk about politics, medicine, anything mm -hmm. that could be constru uh, construed as having an op opposing viewpoint hit 1.8 million views in the first, wow. I think it was first 12 or first 18 hours. Wow. And they took it down. And nobody mm -hmm. could figure out why would they take that down because <laughs> they don't want information to be released. Yeah. So this information that was discussed at the Advanced Medicine Conference is extremely, extremely, extremely powerful because for the first time there is a potential solution. The reason I say potential is because we don't have large studies to be able to support it, but based mm -hmm. on anecdotal evidence, based upon scientific observation, based upon published research and based upon a historical precedent, there is not only a solution for people that have been damaged by the vaccines, but even those people that haven't taken the vaccine that have experienced negative outcomes from the viral shedding, there is a solution. And mm. by, by just me trying to tell people what that solution is would not serve them because they don't understand how it works. I've got 22 years, actually 23 years now, using a specific treatment for cancer that we developed. Mm. Um, and, and you were correct, I've, I've been a doctor for 31 years, but this particular technique for 23 years we've been using, and that's my history, which I, when I realized what was happening from, from the, the snake venom aspect and, and some of these other things, it all just fit into like click, 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 like Lego blocks fitting in exactly where they were supposed to go. Mm -hmm. So it was like, it was like missing puzzles, puzzle pieces. And all of a sudden the puzzle pieces became illuminated. They fit in perfectly. And I've just, I mean, the conference hasn't even been what is it? It's exactly a week ago we had the conference, okay? Because it was Friday, it was Saturday, Sunday, and Monday of last week. Mm -hmm. So this is Saturday right now. So we're not even one full week out mm -hmm. from the conference. And I can tell you that the number of personal messages I have received from speakers after starting this intervention, if you want to call it that, 
mm. has been remarkable that their own changes that they've experienced. And yeah. so the videos for the, for the conference will be available at advanced medicine conference, probably in the next two to four weeks. And I encourage everybody, this, this information is truly, truly uh, life-saving. It's, it's going to help. It's the only thing that I know that could potentially help to save not thousands of lives or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or even millions. It's going to save hundreds of millions of lives of mm -hmm. those that have already taken the vaccine. Because otherwise, in the words of Luke Montanier, who was mm -hmm. a Nobel Peace Prize winning virologist, considered by most virologists to be the number one foremost authority on virology, Dr. Luke Montanier, who won a Nobel Peace Prize in late 2021, I think it was November or December of 2021, came out and said that if you have had this vaccine, yeah. the COVID vaccine, there's die. nothing more that needs to be said. It's imminent death, game over, yeah. end of story. Yeah, he's, he, he said within two strangely years. Strangely enough, in February, yeah, and within within two months, February 2022, he was mysteriously dead. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have any pathology that I know of. His family won't talk about how he died. He was in good health. Mm. Yeah, he was probably in his 60s or 70s, but he had no issue, but he just suddenly died. Now, I find yeah. that strange, just like Dr. Mullis died right before the outbreak of COVID. They used this PCR test. Now with monkeypox, they're talking about uh, Dr. Mark Robert Buller and, and, you know, his death being hit by a car while riding a bicycle. And he mm -hmm. was a foremost authority on monkeypox. And he came out and said that vaccinations would not work against monkeypox because of the introduction of this immunocompromised individual, especially since the advent of HIV in sub-Saharan Africa. And so vaccination wasn't viable. It wasn't a viable option because it wouldn't work. So they had to take him out. I mean, it's kind of strange that these people, you know, yeah. I'm not in those sectors, I'm outspoken based on science, but I'm not well-known in those sectors. These are people that were well-known in these sectors. Two out of the three people I've just mentioned actually won the Nobel Peace Prize, and they actually spoke out against this in a very, very adamant manner, and they are, are dead. I mean, they're dead. They're, they're yeah. not here anymore. Yeah, Dr. Luc Montagnier, he, was, uh, he just died in uh, uh, February, but he this guy was a, a virologist. I mean, this was his... Uh, field of expertise. But he wasn't just a virologist, though. He, yeah. yeah, he wasn't just a virologist, though. He was the number one virologist, according to the virologists themselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, his uh, his uh, uh, work that he did with HIV and everything was was uh, you know monumental. Um, and and like you say, these guys just all of a sudden just dying. It, it, it's such a uh, an opportune time where these things are coming out is just, uh, it goes beyond, um, you know, just a coincidence. Uh, Dr. Bittar, when, when we talk about um, everything that is happening with all this uh, information that you're seeing coming out, you know, there's doctors out there that, you know, we've put many programs out on, on the, the virus, on the COVID and they'll go, well, we don't believe this because of this or that. And, and what would you say to those doctors that are trying to say that, you know, this is just, uh, you know, being made up. This is just, uh, you know, uh, fear. This, 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 there's, this isn't right. This isn't, uh, the, you know, that the, these vaccinations are good for you. What would you say to those doctors? 
Well, it's the same thing I say to all liars. I, I don't, I don't address them. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the, the truth is the truth and you can call it whatever, but doctors as a whole, and I'm speaking from a professional capacity, I have found that my profession is an embarrassment. Mm. It's an embarrassment because most are not courageous enough to speak the truth. Most are worried about their reputations. They are cowards. Most doctors I have found are cowards. They're cowards and they've been programmed to be cowards because the fear of the medical board coming after them motivates them. They're, they're, they're mm. petrified that they're going to end up losing their license and then how they're going to support themselves. Mm. Well, I've been in that situation with the medical board many times and I came to a realization in one of my battles that resulted in me losing my clinic. I won the, the court case after five years and 14 and a half million dollars. But, you know, what's the price? I mean, I, I don't know when people say you won. Like, how, how can you say you won? Yeah, I have unrestricted license to practice. But it, it was financially, uh, you know, came close to demolishing me. And if I hadn't had other resources to, to fall back on, I would have I would have been basically buried. Yeah. And the problem is that the boards will use that intimidation factor and doctors are very susceptible to it. Mm -hmm. Most are cowards anyway. And those that want to stand up and fight oftentimes just bleed out. That's what their modus operandi as the boards is to bleed the doctor out financially so they can't support their fight anymore. Yeah. What I came to a realization was um, it was sometime in mid 2000. I'd say mid 2008, 2009, right in the middle of a major medical board fight mm. that started in 2005 and ended in 2010 was, it was like an epiphany I had one night as I was driving back from the clinic late and I'd forgotten some papers that I needed to finish uh, some charting stuff before, this is right about the time we were finalizing our transition to electronic medical records. Mm -hmm. And I went back to the clinic, um, and as I was driving back, I, my ex-wife, who was my wife at the time, was sitting next to me in the car, and I started laughing, and she said, what are you laughing at? I said, I just realized the medical board has no power over me. Mm. And she goes, what are you talking about? I said, they have no power over me. She said, of course they do. They could take your license. And I laughed, and I was like... They can take my license, but they have no power over me. They can't take my name. They can't mm -hmm. take my degree. They can't take my knowledge out of my head. They mm. can't take anything from me. And the only thing they could take is my life. And if they take my life, they, that's okay. Then I become a martyr. And yeah. it was that was a very specific moment in time, an epiphany that I had that essentially I didn't have any fear of them before. But it was the realization that they fear me and, and, and what I'm going to say because they yeah. know that what I'm saying is the truth. Sure. Doctors are, are beings that, were, that, that have spent time and put effort forward to learn how the body works so that they can hopefully potentially salvage and save lives mm -hmm. from disease, trauma, pathology. The problem is that... There is now and, and has been for the last maybe two, three decades, a slow departure from that mission and that it's not it's not an intentional departure, but it's that self-preservation component, mm. the, the part that makes us 
step back off a road if you're about to cross it and a, and a truck is coming down the road, right? Self-preservation. So sure. they're scared to say something that would unleash the power of the medical board against them. Mm-hmm. And my message to doctors, and in fact, that the first video, that first interview that I did that went 9.2 million views in six days, that's the one that the White House reached out to me after like the next day. That video, Michael, was interesting because where I lost my composure was mm. actually against the medical profession, was actually against doctors and scientists because I called them out. I said, if you're buying into this BS, there's only one of three reasons. One, you've mm. sold your soul, you, you, you've, you have, you're lack integrity and you've sold your soul, you've chosen this lie, mm-hmm. which is just, you know, it's, it's unforgivable yeah. and they'll pay their price either here mm. or in, later on in, in, if there is um, an, an afterlife, which I believe that there is, they'll pay, mm. they, there's, a, there's an energetic component, it's called karma. So they'll have to pay that price yeah. at some way, fashion or form in the future. Second is that they've been coerced, intimidated, threatened, so they're mm. scared. Yep. Or the third, they are so incompetent, they literally <laughs> don't understand how the body works. Yeah. Those are the only three reasons. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's a lot of incompetence. That's what I too. think. I mean, it's uh, from some of the stuff I've seen, it's just ridiculous at this point where doctors aren't standing up more and more. I mean, the you know, we have uh, people that have worked inside the emergency rooms at the hospitals around the country. And, uh, you know, I've talked to several girls that came to me and uh, we have one girl that came, just wanted to get a, you know, uh, basically repent because of, she said the, the emergency room is filled with people that have been vaccinated. You know, uh, the majority of people that we see coming in, young people, old people that are dying, vaccinated, and, and they're not saying nothing. Um, they're not allowed, these, these, these nurses were not allowed to tell their family what was going on, you know. And, and, I say, and I'm saying this, there's a truth that's out there. If these men don't start standing up, I believe they're going to be held accountable for it. Like you say, whether in this life or the next, then I, I venture to say I believe it's going to happen here just because I, I see things that are going to come. And then, you know, men such as yourself, men that are standing up, people that are getting the news out, more and more people are finding out what really is going on, except the, except the sheep that are, you know, they're, they're being led to slaughter. They don't want to do nothing. They don't, they don't want to hear the truth. They just want to, you know, live their narrative and it's all about them. Um, when, well, you know, the, uh, one thing that I'd like to mention is that in, from a historical pre- uh, precedent standpoint, remember the Nuremberg trials. Yeah. And those are the acts of atrocity committed against mankind. You know, there were two groups of people that were punished or hung. Of course, the overseers, the people who orchestrated that World War One, World War Two, yeah. didn't face justice because they're the same people, I think, that are running the show right now, the eugenicists, etc. But mm. the two groups of people that were publicly disciplined by public hanging was the media and were physicians, the people wow. that were doing research on, on the people that were, you know, basically put to death. Yeah. So... I think that you're right. I think it will be in, in this in this lifetime. God willing, it'll be in this lifetime. Well, I was talking to Brian, uh, artist Brian was saying that's already started. There's already a group of uh, scientists, doctors that have already got together and, and lawyers bringing charges against uh, different governments for the same uh, reason. 
And and I, I would love to see this start getting out more and more because people think this is just like, you know, they're asleep to what's happening. And it's it's a scary thing that people can be asleep at this point. Um, when we look at your conference, what was one of the things that, that, that stood out to you? One of the one of the topics that really caught your attention other than, you know, um, um, that there is a potential way out of this for this, uh, the changing of our DNA. And, and, and that's another thing, uh, Dr. Buttar, what, what do you think about why they're changing, why they want to change our DNA? I mean, to me, you and I have talked about this before. It goes back to the garden. You know, this has been a battle for a long time, but what is your thoughts on that? Well, the agenda has never been hidden. It's never been mm-hmm. kept secret. It's it's out there in the open. They've stated it. Uh, there are documents, a white paper that Bill Gates had put out, and there's TED Talks that he has said very blatantly what his intentions are, what would be good. He, these are still on YouTube. They're, they're publicly available where he's talked about where the world's population is growing too fast. He's a known eugenicist. His parents were involved with Planned Parenthood and where um, they have ties back to the same people that uh, financed World War II, mm. that financed Nazi Germany. And so these are known eugenicists. They believe that the world can't sustain the growth of the human population. The agenda has always been through. And Gates has openly said this. I just saw a video clip earlier today while I was doing an interview with Clay Clark. And Clay played this video with Ted in the TED Talks where Bill Gates talks about through appropriate vaccinations and um, parenting, Planned Parenthood, that he believes that we can reduce the population by a few billion people. He, he literally makes that statement. Wow. And it's not, um, you know, if you start looking at this from a good versus bad standpoint, uh, just a very simple observational aspect without trying to get emotional or political about it, you just look at it from a, um, an agenda standpoint, they, it's interesting that those that have that evil agenda, when I say evil, I don't mean bad because they have a nefarious purpose as far as motivation to control power or money, but evil in the sense that it is from the opposite of good, like truly evil. Mm-hmm. Um, if you start looking and studying some of the ways that I, I this is talking about when I mean, you hear people talking about Satanists, right? Yeah. Um, the, the concept of, of Satan, and there was a great, great book, one of my favorite books called Interview with the Devil by Napoleon Hill. And I encourage everybody to read that book because to me, in fact, all my TAP members, the Transforming Abundance Potential to Reality private members that I have, it's mm-hmm. a mindset program that I have, which is it's, a, it's apparently the largest mastermind organization now, Mastermind Alliance in the world. But um, I have provided that book, made it available to all my TAP members. I believe that that book shows truly that 
the devil has no power. I, I found it to be a beautiful book because it's, mm. it's one of my favorite books because as you read it, you start to realize that the devil has no power. If you want to call it devil or, or Satan, I, I mean, I just look at it as good versus evil, right? Yeah. But evil has no power. The only power that evil gets is the power that you give it from your fear. Yeah. Uh, so this is a very, very important concept. But here's the thing that true evil must make itself blatantly evident to those individuals that it is being imposed on. Yeah. And so when I see the blatantness with how Bill Gates talks and how some of these people right in your face, they will say things and still people move forward. It gives me, it, it paints a picture in my mind that is a, an image that I saw and I'm going to see if I can find it. It's an image of World War II, Michael. It's a very disturbing image. You see this brick stone building mm. in the middle of a field and the field dips down, right? Mm. So it's, it's like at the lowest point and it's just one building and you see four or five lines of people lined up into the middle coming from all four corners, right? Mm -hmm. Like this lines of people coming into this one building. There's no exit. There's nobody leaving, but you see these lines of people going into this building. They're being incinerated, mm. right? They're, they're going in, they're being gassed and they're being burned right there. The body's just going in and yeah. they're just lined up and they're just walking in there. It's yeah. almost like if an individual is that disconnected with operating their own mind, then at that point, mm. I'm not sure what purpose their brain is serving them anymore. Yeah. And a quote that comes to mind from Ben Franklin, those who are willing to exchange the illusion of security for some freedom mm. deserve neither. Yeah. And this is really what's going on. There's yeah. an illusion of security. The first, they create the problem. They create the fear. Then they provide you the solution, which is a vaccine, which mm. is not a solution. Yeah. And that's how they control you. And people are taking it because they're willing to give up some freedom mm -hmm. for that illusion of security, not even realizing that they're giving up both. They're giving up their freedom. And by doing so by default, they're going to end up eventually giving up their life, their I, sovereignty, their autonomy. You know, I was uh, interviewing with the doc, uh, lawyer Lee Dundas a couple uh, of weeks ago, and she was talking about the, the numbers and the statistics that are coming out of the military, which... You yourself uh, were a physician in the, in the military. Um, when you when the numbers she said just are astronomical because they have years and years of data that literally never changed. Then all of a sudden you have now you know these these uh, surgeons, flight surgeons coming forward, whistleblowers saying what is really going on, and then you have now even the military trying to hide those numbers. It just tells me that something is wrong at a very sinister level and that <clears throat> this is something that it, it just can't be overlooked anymore. And it's like you said, it's, it's like if you're willing just to sit there and be a sheep through this whole thing and, and not stand up and make a difference, then, then, then something is wrong that, uh, we, we just can't defense sit. numbers are, are more. Yeah, the Department of Defense numbers are, are the Department of Defense numbers are so disturbing. They, as you said, they have years and years of data. And when they look at from the 2015 to 2019 data, 
and they compare it with the previous year's data, there's a fluctuation maybe of, you know, 0.1, which is normal. Uh, you know, it may go up to 0.3, maybe half of a percent, which would be considered significant. And they're seeing an increase in soldiers with miscarriages, for example, female soldiers with miscarriages that have gone up 300%. Wow. Increases in cancer, 350%. Increases wow. in neurological disorders up to a thousand percent. You know, wow. this is a data set that normally is fluctuating year by year by, like I said, 0.1 to, you know, 0.5 from, from one tenth of one percent to half of a percent. Now jumping 300 to five, uh, 300 to a thousand percent increases. And of course, the Department of Defense is not trying to cover this up. It's, it's unfortunate, but this isn't the first time that experimentation has taken place on soldiers. In yeah. fact, there was a... Uh, a book that was put out by a doctor, his name was Garth Nicholson. He was the head of the laboratory division of MD Anderson. And uh, Garth had put this book out called Project Daylily. And he talked about many of the things that happened with the uh, Department of Defense and some of the research that was being conducted, uh, starting from Fort Detrick and, and going on the whole way. And one of the doctors that was involved with this research, they were doing the research on, uh, it was with vaccinations, and they were doing it in two subgroups. One mm. was prisoners, and one was uh, soldiers. And in Harris County, which is where Houston is located, at MD Anderson, mm. this doctor, not Garth Nicholson who wrote the book, but another doctor who finally came to a realization, you know, it, it was, he was going to expose the truth. He basically was going to expose the truth and talk out about it. And just before he did, he was found in his office. Of course, the media didn't cover this, but he was found in his office. I think the local media did, but nobody else really talked about it. He was found in his office. I don't remember which floor of MD Anderson uh, with a suicide note and he had committed suicide. The wow. only problem with that suicide, and it was ruled suicide, the only problem with that suicide was that the entry wound to his head was behind and the exit wound wow. was in the front. Nobody kills themselves like this. They kill yeah. themselves like this, maybe. And uh, so, you know, he was suicided. And so these types of things, are, the media won't talk about because they're paid to look the other way or whatever, or the, <coughs> their, their masters don't want that information out there. But this is the type of stuff, that, and again, this isn't new. This has been happening. Now with COVID, it's become more prevalent that people are more aware that there's this division, if you will, those that are willing to take the vaccine because, again, they're willing to exchange some of their freedom for the illusion of some safety. And then you've got the other people that see and understand and recognize what's going on, that this is a play mm. at making people scared, impoverishing them, taking them away from their own sovereign rights, taking away their freedoms. So much is lost in translation within God's word. It's surprising how much is misunderstood, even simple word definitions. In his book, Access Behind the Veil, Apostle Michael Petro explains that beyond the veil lies the original intention of God's plan to restore creation through his people. When the Lord gives us access behind the veil, we begin to understand the mysteries of the kingdom and our calling as a royal priesthood. Apostle Michael Petro writes about deciphering the Torah from the Hebrew language and recognizing God's language of mysteries, secrets, and parables within the scripture. 
It's time to step behind the veil and see the coming glory. Access Behind the Veil, The Coming Glory by Apostle Michael Petro. Available now on our website, voh.church. The only problem with that suicide was that the entry wound was in the back of the head, execution style, and the exit wound where the bullet came out was in the front of their head. So nobody yeah. kills themselves like this. So there's a, there's a lot of strange things that have been going on. This is not new. This, this was back, you know, 15 years ago or more. Now, the problem is that the world needs to know that the individuals that have already been vaccinated have, based upon the most recent research from two different sources, one is a doctor, military, the other one is an attorney that discovered this during discovery, that there is a payload, a high volume payload of pathogens that are actually housed within the hydrogel matrix of the vaccines that have been administered. Mm. So think of this as a sleeper cell, something that's already been introduced in this hydrogel that is fixated and stable. It is mm. not disease causing in its current state, but it includes Ebola. It includes Marburg's, which is hem causes hemorrhagic fever. It has an 88% mortality rate, has a mutated form of E. coli, and there's probably a whole bunch of other things in there we don't know. But those are the three things that have been already described that are in this hydrogel that everybody that's gotten vaccinated already has in their body. Mm. Now, it's important to remember that somebody that has exposure to Marburg's, for example, has an 88% mortality, meaning that if mm. you get exposed to this, out of 100 people, 88 will die. But that's mm. exposure like one person encountering another person. What I'm talking about is that this stuff is already in the body of the individuals that have been vaccinated. Yeah. So when you start looking at the vaccinations, cre create a decrease in the lymphocyte subpopulation functionality in the white blood cells in the body, it mm. drops by 50%. And every time you get a booster, the reason they recommend the booster every eight weeks is because the replication cycle of the white blood cells is eight weeks. So then at eight weeks, you're, you're down to 50%. That 50% is starting to come back, but they give you a booster. So it takes you 50% of your immune system down to 25%. Mm. Second booster takes it from 25% down to 12.5%. Mm. The third one from 12.5% down to 6.25%. So mm. now you've got a little over 6% of your immune system. That's the, the, the humoral immune system actually functioning. So they've yeah. suppressed the individual's immune system. And now they've got this payload of pathogens already in the body. When they activate it, when they trigger it to open it up, that's why I call it a sleeper cell, because mm. it's asleep. It's not doing anything until it's triggered. Once it's triggered, then, and, and how do they trigger it? There could be a number of different ways they can trigger it, but the one that they're talking about right now, the one that uh, has been exposed, is an 18 gigahertz pulse given three subsequent times in sequence, one minute duration each, that are released from the 5G network. When they, when they trigger this hydrogel matrix, it's going to cause the release of these pathogens, activating mm. them, whatever it is. I don't know the intricacies. I just know th that this is what the evidence has shown. And yeah. when that happens, Michael, they will be not hundreds of thousands or millions. They will be tens of millions to hundreds of millions of people that are mm. going to drop like flies. And this is, a, this is a big concern. This is what I've been trying to figure out. Like, how do we deal with that information? And at the Advanced Medicine Conference, we released information that we believe is going to be the only antidote. It's the, it's the only thing that we know that could have potentially 
a, a benefit. And again, you know, there, there've been a number of us that mm-hmm. have already started and we're blown away by what we see. But again, it nice. would not make sense to anybody by just understanding it. Now our, you know, this isn't a plug for the conference, but in, in a way it is yeah. because the advanced medicine conference, uh, our digital downloads have been three hundred, four $400 every, when we release them at the end of every year, mm-hmm. we're going to release this year's at, at like $99 because we know that it's important and people can get all the previous years if they want. But this information, it's not only the videos, but it's also going to be the transcripts of PDFs so they can, and the audience, they can actually get this information in whichever vector that they want, because this information is truly going to save lives. I will tell you this, that the treatment we're talking about, the therapy, the intervention we're talking about doesn't cost a penny. So it's very, very powerful information and it's going to save millions of lives. Historically, uh, in the research, I mean, people will get three different books that talk about the science behind this. So it's, it's incredible information, but again, people have to be willing to, um, do what they have to be willing to do what's necessary. And I think some people aren't going to be willing and it's, it's unfortunate, but anyway, it's something that. By the way, the reason I'm moving around a lot is because this is my third interview today, and I will stand when I do my interviews. So my legs are a little stiff. I'm trying to I'm yeah. trying to stretch my legs out while I'm talking. <laughs> well, well, I love what you're saying. I think there's a lot of people that are going to stand up because a lot of people uh, are understanding what's going on as the information is getting out. We were talking a little earlier about the military and the, and the things that are happening. Uh, you know, the, the statistics in the military when. when when you think of what you're talking about, the numbers of this thing going off with this 5G activation, our military is going to be completely uh, exposed. It's, it's going to be, our, our country is going to be exposed. And that is, to me, just a crazy thing that um, if we don't realize what, where we're at right now, and, and begin to fix this problem. Yeah, you have to right. And the problem is that what's happening with the military—it's not just making our military weak. Those mm. that will come in, remember, they're probably this transhumanism agenda that probably has already been indoctrinated into those that would be coming. I, I don't know that for certain, but yes, our military is being weakened from the vaccines, the, the, the damage that's being done, the myocarditis and pericarditis, the clots, the, all these other aspects, the neurological implications. So it is making our military weak. That's one reason I think that our forefathers were so unbelievably uh, what's the word? I guess prophetic would be the word. Yeah. They, their crystal balls were so crystal that they could see what was going to happen. And if you remember, you know, the, when you look at the Bill of Rights and you look at the the um, the um, the way that the Constitution was written, they didn't say maintain a strong military. That wasn't in the Constitution, right? Yeah. Freedom of speech is the First Amendment. Right to bear arms is the Second Amendment. It wasn't, there was anything about maintaining a strong army, a strong military. 
Yeah. And, I, and now I see the value of that because the right to bear arms is that every citizen has a right to protect themselves and bear arms. And I think that the saving grace, not just for the United States, but for the entire world, is that because the, as goes the U.S., so does the rest of the world. So the saving grace for the entire world mm-hmm. is the right to bear arms in the United States. That's one reason that constantly trying to take away the right to bear arms and these gun rights things that they're doing, these mm-hmm. these uh, mass shootings that occur, and then they try to use that to justify taking away firearms, never looking at the fact that these people that are causing these mass shootings are mentally ill. They've got, you know, uh, the, the issue, guns don't kill people. People kill sure. people with guns, yeah. you know, people will kill people. If, if guns were the problem, then I've got a bigger problem that we need to deal with, and that's forks and and spoons because we've got an obesity epidemic and so we need to ban spoons and forks first before we start talking about guns i mean that's the stupidity of the of the argument right if it fails to follow any logic whatsoever again Mm. another departure from logic and sequential thought so my my comment to your statement military you're absolutely right they are trying to weaken us however the thorn in their side is the one trillion rounds of ammunition that are in circulation among the public sector in the United States. And for that reason, I know that they're not going to be successful because guerrilla mm. warfare will always, always uh, win compared to organized warfare. Mm. And I believe that, in fact, there's a video clip of Biden talking about this when he says something about, you know, uh fighter fighter jets or something i'll see if i can find that and and put that in here but anyway it's it's interesting that your comment about the military and i 100 agree with you we, we need to safeguard our military as best we can but if you are a living breathing individual that's living in the united states you need to at least have a firearm for your own personal protection even if it's a sidearm yeah. i think it's important for everybody to do that and have that There's hundreds of thousands of videos on YouTube of people that protected themselves, their homes, women from rape, uh, uh, people that had forced entry into a house and women had to defend themselves against people with firearms. You know, I've always said it. I mean, uh, Mexico is a uh, nation with uh, uh, gun control, but you see people running around on the streets all the time, the cartels with guns. So... They're the only ones that have them. So mm-hmm. it's sort of comical to me how that, uh, you know, people don't deal with it. People don't see it. You know, it's interesting, everything that... And the that, thing is... Go ahead. I was just going to say, the thing is that in, an, in a community where people are carrying firearms, there's going to be a lot less potential for violence because anybody who's going to be violently oriented is going to think twice before pulling a gun because he knows that the chances of somebody else with a gun are pretty great and he's going to get shot back at. So yeah. they, they just don't do it. You know, where you see greater violence is in places where people aren't allowed to carry firearms. And here's a funny thing. Mm-hmm. Even in those places, like I lived in New Zealand, I, I became a resident, a permanent resident of New Zealand. There, firearms are not allowed. Uh, rifles are for farmers, but no, no handguns. Okay, you can't... If you do own a handgun, it has to be kept at the uh, at the firing range under lock and key. So you you go into your locker and you check out your gun at the firing range. You can't have it at home. You can't carry it with yourself. Yeah. But you can with a, like a, a rifle. But what's interesting is 
the violence and these are in small communities still that's occurring with all the the meth heads, the the shootings. Well, I don't understand that. If gun control is the answer, then why is it that the violence is still taking place there? Well, the reason is because anybody who's law abiding is not going to is not going to be carrying any weapons. But the people that are carrying weapons, the ones you got to be worried about, are the are the people that are breaking the law anyway. Yeah. And if they're breaking the law, they don't care whether the law is to carry a gun or not. They're already doing other things that are unlawful. You know, so it's it's one of these things. I saw a poll thing that came up on my while I was on a, a website. It was one of those pop up things from Google. Mm-hmm. And it asked a question and it kind of goes along the lines. It asked a question, should illegal immigrants, uh, sh- should Biden's proposal to give Social Security to illegal immigrants, do you agree with it? Do you agree with Biden's proposal to give illegal immigrants Social Security? Mm-hmm. And I'm reading this statement and I'm thinking to myself, how is this? How can you even ask a stupid question like that? Huh. It's saying illegal yeah. So you're giving <laughs> rights to people that are illegal? Yeah. Then what's the point of even having a legality? Why not just not even have this illusion? If you're going to yeah. say that there's legal immigration and illegal immigration, and then you're going to reward the people that are illegal immigration, what's the point of the legal immigrant coming in? Why should yeah. they go through those trials and tribulations? I mean, sure. I'm a first-generation immigrant. I came to the United States when I was nine years old. My, my father went through a whole process, mm. and it was a lot of work and took a couple of years. So my point is that, look, I, I've been labeled as anti-immigration. I'm not anti-immigration. I'm anti-illegal immigration sure. or illegal components. I've been labeled as anti-military. You know, you know my history. Yeah. I'm, I'm prior military. I've been yeah. labeled as, as um, anti-Muslim. I am Muslim. Mm. Yeah. And I've been labeled as a white supremacist. And I'm like, are you guys blind? Do you not see the skin color, color of my skin tone? So it's the absurdity of these upside down arguments. You know, it's just, yeah. it's again, departure from logic. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, it, I mean, I could sit here and talk to you for the next two hours on just this topic. It's just it, the stupidity of it. It doesn't even make sense that people follow it. I'm, I'm amazed. Uh, I want to ask you another uh, a question here, Rashid. This this uh, this uh, information that that Doctor uh, Brian Artis came out with with the with the um, Cobra Venom. And so this is really has been a hot topic. But one of the things that it really I began to see in his his uh, uh, findings is it related directly back to the Bible. Actually, it relates back into the book of Revelations as a plague at the end of the age because of uh, because of men's hearts. Um, I know, you know, Brian, I know you've talked to him about this. What? What has come out of this, I mean, Cobra Phantom understanding? I know he's been attacked about it, but there's also a lot of doctors standing up for him. Well, I'll, let me just tell you real quick what happened. I didn't know who Dr. Artis was. Uh, I, w- I do a live stream every Monday night. And on a Sunday night, the Sunday before this all happened, this was end of April, I believe it was, last week of April. And I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who's a doctor actually out of Houston. And he and I had a conversation where we were talking about antidotes to sea urchins, antidotes to snake venom uh, poisoning, and a couple of different things. And again, we were talking about from, from a different perspective. And then that following day on my live stream, 
after I finished it, I take questions and answers from people that are on the clubhouse component. Mm-hmm. And this lady says, Dr. Batar, what do you think about this new release of video that just came out a couple of hours ago? Because apparently Dr. Artis had put out a video that Monday night, that same night, a couple hours before me. And she, and she basically misunderstood. She said, instead of coming from bats, he's saying it came from snake venom. So I didn't know the lecture. I didn't know who Dr. Artis was. I didn't know what the subject matter was. But based on what she said, I said, well, it doesn't matter where it came from, whether it came from bats, which we know it didn't, or snakes or wherever. It's irrelevant. The, what's relevant, the relevant issue is, the relevant topic is, what is the solution? What do mm-hmm. we do for people that have already been vaccinated? Now, here's the thing. You got to remember, Michael, we're not talking about COVID. We're talking about the vaccine for COVID. We're talking about yep. vaccine-induced injury. So we were saying that it doesn't matter what the etiology is, what is the treatment, what is the therapy, what is the intervention that's going to help people from the vaccine-induced injury component. So that's mm-hmm. how it, it ended. And then I met, mentioned that it just so happens I had a conversation with a colleague yesterday, and we were talking about something that would work, that does work on snake venom. But again, that's neither here or there. We're, we're working on a solution, and we're going to see if this is a possibility. So that's what it was on that Monday night. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday, Clay Clark, a mutual friend of ours, sends me a video and tells me to watch it. And I didn't have time to watch it. And then Dr. Ashton, my significant other, on Wednesday morning, tells me, you got to watch this video. And I was really busy. And I said, I don't have time right now. She said, watch this video now. So I said, okay. She goes, just, just watch, start watching it. I said, okay. I gave her a commitment of five minutes because when she gets on me like that, I got to do it, right? Because <laughs> I got to keep peace at home. And so she said, watch it. And, she, and so I said, okay, only five minutes. She said, fine. I watched the whole 42 minute video because mm-hmm. once I started watching it, it intrigued me. So then she says to me, she says, you've got to get Dr. Artis to the Advanced Medicine Conference. And we were already booked solid. We had all the speakers. Actually, we had extra speakers. We, we were, I had to take myself off. Usually I speak twice at the conference and there's a couple of lectures that give two presentations and nobody was giving two presentations. And I'd even, I even had eliminated myself off the schedule just to make sure we got all the speakers in. So I said, there's no way that that can happen. Well, she walks outside to take one of the dogs for a walk. And as she does this, I get a text message from one of the other speakers saying that he couldn't come to the conference because last minute he had a hearing with the medical board. He hoped that I'd invite him for next year's conference. So now I've got an opening. So I text Clay. I ask him, do you have Brian's number? He texts me Brian's number back. I text Brian. He immediately responds back and he said, yes, uh, uh, any, anything I can do for you, Dr. Pitaro, I've always got time for you. So again, I had met him. I get on the call. He tells me he's, a, he's been a big fan of mine for a long time. He'd seen all my videos before I got deplatformed from YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we had instant rapport. I told him what happened. And I said, uh, do you have an interest in speaking about this at the Advanced Medicine Conference? He said, absolutely. And that was it. It was all done. Dr. Ashton walks in and I said, Dr. Artis is on the schedule. Now, this all happened from Sunday to Wednesday. And I called it a God thing because the information that he talked about, and after I understood what he was saying, it was right along at the same time, the day before that my colleague, uh, Dr. Group and I were talking about a, a solution. Now, mm. what's important about this is, you know, I, I'm not going to talk more about all. It's it's going to get out of context unless a person sees the lectures. That's why this year's Advanced Medicine Conference was so important because the lectures all built upon each other and they all give the science. They all present the data. This mm. is from people that were pediatricians, people that are 
pathologists, people that are in the trenches taking care of people with vaccine-induced injury. Uh, and it gives every aspect of it. It's just, it's, Michael, I can tell you that I believe this video series, if it's possible to even make this statement, I believe it's been blessed by the creator, even to the point, even mm. to the point that on the day, so we had three days of lectures, on the day that we were going to release the bombshell information, it was supposed to be four people in a certain order. And mm. all four people, you know, probably your listeners would know, but one of those people, their information was so critical and they needed more time. And I needed mm. to go before them because I needed to set the stage and, and set it. It's almost like I called it, I'm, I'm, I threw the perf, I threw an alley-oop and mm. then the last speaker slammed it through the hoop. But we both needed more time. And the, gen the gentleman that was supposed to be speaking at, that, at the afternoon session, the first one, ended up at the last minute canceling because of a health issue that he personally had. And it opened up another hour for both myself and the last speaker to be able to split that time and be able to present it exactly the way it, it was like, it was like the creator said, Amen. this information is more important and we need to make room for it. Or, or you know, yeah, it, sure. it was, I'll give you another example. Um, uh, there was a doctor, Dr. Nishwander had a lecture that he was supposed to give on Sunday morning. Dr. Brian Hooker was giving a lecture on Saturday morning. So there was one, I'm sorry, Monday morning and Sunday morning, but Dr. Nishwander when he came to the conference, we had switched him to speak on Sunday morning, but he thought he was still speaking on Saturday. And we mm. had to switch him. And the only person that could switch was Dr. Hooker. Dr. Hooker was scheduled to go um, Saturday morning, instead went Monday morning. When that switch took place, Monday morning's lectures, when they started, it was unbelievable because he talked about some vaccine data that had been published that I had started working on years ago and I'd set something up, it's called Van VCD. And, and I would love for you speakers to go there. This is actually something we started. It's a dynamic, real-time study. We've got over 18,000 people that have already responded to it. And I, and I forgot mm. about it. When I had millions of followers on YouTube, I'd never talked about this. It's, it's been there for 10 years. And it actually shows the difference between vaccinated and non-vaccinated children mm. and, and the data, what issues they had as far as ahead of peer group, behind the peer group, with their peer group, pathologies, what the parents, uh, medical histories that the parents had, medical conditions that these kids developed. You can break it down by sex. You can break it down by country geographically. You can look at Belarus or Australia or whatever you want. You can uh, look at the vaccinated data. You can look at the unvaccinated data. You can compare it. It's so elaborate. And so when mm -hmm. Dr. Hooker gave his lecture, it made me realize that my lecture needs to be on the vaccine relationship to to cancer and I redid my lecture while sitting in the audience for the last three hours because I had the last lecture. So it was, it was, it was so many, there was so many little things that happened that was to me, the creator stepping in and changing things around. And it, I mean, I thought I had planned perfectly and things broke and it didn't work, but they broke because they weren't perfect and they became perfect. So it, it's uh, again, showing the, the power of the creator and how things when they're aligned in the right direction, the, the mm. right thing will end up happening. And it may appear to be wrong at that time because you may get frustrated, but I was, you know, fortunately this has happened in my life so many times that I, I realized that when something happens, not the way that I planned it, I just say a prayer of gratefulness and thankfulness because I know that something better is about to happen. And it's not oh, usually or most of the time, it's always, it's always ends up being better than what I had envisioned the way that I wanted to do it. So, 
Um, I'm blessed that way that the creator guides me. In fact, my name in Arabic, Rashid, means one who stays on the right path of life. Amen. Well, and I, I'm off the path all the time. He kicks me back <laughs> on the right path. <laughs> Amen. You, you know, I, and two, you, like this is your really your field of expertise. I mean, you have uh, worked with people with uh, vaccine injuries for the majority of your career. I mean, I've read some of the stuff and and the people you've helped uh, looked at some of the children that were, uh, you know, um, uh, injured, altered by these vaccinations. And and really, I'm, I, you know, I mean, there's some of the stuff I've uh, watched that you've done. It just brought tears to my eyes. How uh, you've given families hope, and I and I know you're a frontline fighter on this, Rashid. I mean, this is this is really something that you know about. You understand. You're not you're not coming from the outside, and you're really a person that's been dealing with this for a long, a doctor that's been dealing with this for a long time. Um, and I appreciate you. I mean, uh, as soon as I met you, I, I I liked what you had to say. I was really impressed by your knowledge, not even understanding your background in, in, in this field. And uh, we do need more people like you out there. And I, and I know you've been, I mean, been spoken about by CNN and everybody else. They, they've come after you, but really your, your voice is being heard a lot more, I believe, than you realize. Because I know I, I, I'm, you know, I have access to thousands of people and it just, you know, your name keeps popping up and popping up, you know, for not necessarily what we're going to talk about, what we're talking about today, but other things uh, that you've uh, talked about, you know, publicly. And I know that right now uh, there's a big shift going on. And I know, I mean, you're in the center of that. But, but as all the, you know, I mean, you talk about this divine side where the Lord enters in. I've, I've watched this happen so many times. It's like when you see the Lord do that, you know things are shifting. You know things are changing. And, uh, you know, his, his divine providence. Uh, I, I want to invite you back on here and, and maybe hopefully next month. But, you know, you and I have talked about some doing some things together, which is going to happen. But um, what would you say to those that are out there that have, that have been vaccinated that, I mean, I hear it all the time. I, I have family members that are worried about, that they're, ter- they're not even just worried, they're terrified. And this is part of the problem right now is this fear that has been brought from the very beginning of COVID till now. And now people are waking up and seeing what's happening there. And they're, you know, I remember you telling me just, you know, a few weeks ago, there's, there's no hope. There's none of these, nothing can happen. I've had, doctors telling me this left and right. And then you read, uh, you know, um, um, uh, uh, Luke Montagnier, you, you see what he says. It, 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 it's a scary outlook. I, you know, I've literally told my family members, I said, if you don't know Jesus, you better know him now. You know, that's where it's at. But what would you tell those people that are waiting? And, and you know, obviously, I, I think your videos need to get out for this conference. Uh, people need to see him, see what's happening. And, um, and I think that it's a, a, a time where people are getting hope again. Yeah, I think that it is a time when people are getting hope again. And I believe that for me, Michael has been very clear from the beginning. Uh, in fact, when I say beginning, I should say that we were, we were all kind of thinking who's going to save us, right? You know, Trump's going to be this person that's going to do this and that. And 
I left the country when I thought that Hillary Clinton was going to become the president. I mean, people talk about it. I literally left. I moved away in 2016. I moved. Mm. I moved to New Zealand, became a resident there. Uh, when I realized that it wasn't going to be the same issue that I thought it was going to be. And really, when you start looking at if there's going to be a fight, where do I want to be? You want to be where the action is. And I moved to mm. New Zealand to protect my family, uh, went through a divorce and my kids then, were, you know, my youngest is now 17, he's almost 18. So they're with me here anyway. So I, there was no reason for me to be anywhere else, but, but here. Um, but when I say the beginning, since January of 2021, so about a year and a half ago, is when I started doing something from a, from a movement standpoint, because they, they basically took my voice away when they, well, didn't take my voice away, they shut me down on YouTube and we had millions of followers on YouTube and, and Facebook and Instagram. Um, they, they left Twitter. Twitter was the only one that's the smallest one and that's about 90,000 people but that follow me there, but it's been shadow banned. But what happened and the reason I'm bringing this up is I realized that we can't sit back and not and just talk about it, okay? Because talking is great, but action is where it's at. Yeah. And the action that we have to take is first recognizing what's happening. So what's happening with this vaccine aspect and what's happening with people that are getting injured and people that are dying and the narrative from the government and the censorship. Well, if you take a step back and you don't look at yourself in this um, boiling pot of water, but you're really observing it from the outside, then you realize that this is the same fight that's been going on. They've just upped it. Okay. Before we had non-GMO versus GMO foods and and the children's vaccinations and the chemtrails and the uh, pesticides and the insecticides and all this stuff that they've been kind of doing that, that, that don't make any sense. Like, why should we have to worry about our food supply, the fluoride in the water? And these are things that have been going on, the incidence of cancer, how it's increased. And people say, oh, it's because we have better diagnostic uh, techniques. And that's why we see more pathology or we have um, people are living longer. So you see this. No, it's because of all the components that we've been adding into our into our uh, repertoire, if you will, right? All the things that are being added to the foods, all the insecticides and pesticides, all the the components, the things that we do to foods, the homogenization and pasteurization, the irradiation, the genetic modification, all these things that we're, that we're doing, it's been leading to more and more and more and more chronic disease. So this part isn't new. What is new is how they've accelerated it. So when you start mm -hmm. looking at evolution of how any process evolves, then you start realizing that a characteristic of that evolution is change. Mm. You can't have evolution in any aspect. You know, you go from the evolution of the Henry Ford uh, car, the, the, the first car, the Model to T. the big um, race cars now, right? Mm. It was an evolutionary process. That evolutionary process, the car going from that little thing that moved at 10 miles an hour to now things that are moving at 160 miles an hour, things that are very efficient and quieter, et cetera, et cetera. There was that evolutionary process was characterized by something, and that was change. Change is part and parcel of evolution. You cannot have evolution occurring unless you have change. So change is a characteristic of evolution, but change is one, very uncomfortable for most people, and change is also tumultuous. It can be, dis, it, it can be um, very disenchanting. It can be very painful. 
right? That change that occurs. So we know that there's a change that's necessary with evolution. And I think this is an evolution of mankind where we are coming to a better world. But to get to that better world, you have to go through that evolutionary process. You have to go through that change. So when mm. people talk about end of times, I agree this is going to be end of times. But it's not end of times like a lot of the preachers and ministers and yep. Malvis and imams and, and rabbis talk about. Yep. It's not the end of times that way. It's the end of times, meaning this is the end of this time yes. of that's been uh, darkness where, where people have been, you know, pushed around, uh, lack of transparency, et cetera, et cetera. I think the abundant world, the way that the creator designed the world yes. is we are on the precipice of it. We're right on that, on that cusp. And unfortunately, many people aren't going to experience it because they chose to go down the wrong path. They, they got the vaccinations. And so it's kind of interesting, right? If you see the world as, oh my God, the world's about to end. I'm going to take the vaccine. The world is going to end for you. And if you see the world is that the world is a beautiful place and this is the end of times from all this nonsense that's going on, but it's going to be painful for us to get to that point, but hey, it's part of change and I'm not going to take the vaccine. I'm going to stay steady. I'm going to fight for freedom. Then they're going to see that beautiful world. And I believe in our lifetime, we will witness a world that is more transparent, that is more tolerant, that is none of this upside down political garbage. It's, it's going to be based upon abundance and we're going to see the abundance, right? God is a God of abundance. It, yeah. I don't care what religion, what belief system, God is a God of abundance. If you don't believe me, then open your eyes and look outside and look at a field and look in mm. how many blades of grass in that field. Count the blades of grass and tell me how many blades. You can't. It's mm. impossible. And then look at the number of fields in the world mm. or look at the look at the number of grains of sand on a beach. Mm. Count the number of grains of sand and then count the beaches. How many beaches are there? Here's another one. Look at the number of leaves on one tree. Mm-hmm. Then look at how many trees are in your backyard. Then look at how many backyards are there. How many forests are there? How many trees are there in the world? Mm-hmm. God is a God of abundance. Yeah. And that is where I believe that we're going. But in order to get there, we have to go through that change, which is going to be tumultuous and painful. And that's all we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. But I believe that once we evolve to that next level of humanity, uh, of spirituality, of understanding, of acceptance and tolerance, we're going to be in a much better place. But we got to go through this tough part first. Yeah, amen, brother. Yeah, uh, I, I'm 100% in agreement with what you're saying. I, we're, better things are ahead. And uh, it's a shame a lot of people don't say it. I see it. It's because partially this uh, negative mentality of, of the way people look at things. Well, we've run out of time, and uh, but I, it's always a pleasure uh, talking to you. And you know, we got to do this more often. I mean, you have so much to say, and uh, I, I want to give you a personal invite that when you do your next conference, I'll supply the building, cameras, and everything. We'll give you a grade A uh, output with those videos. But uh, for those out there, again, oh, that'd be great. Oh, no, it's, it's going to happen, brother. It's going to happen. We're, we're going to do some stuff together. Well, I'll just tell you, that's a big thing that you're saying, Michael, because, I mean, our audiovisual cost this year, and, and we had no problem, um, you know, making that decision, but our audiovisual cost for over 110000 this year. Mm. And, I mean, the guys that are audiovisual team that comes out of uh, uh, the Midwest, they're amazing anyway. But, yeah, if you if – that's a tall order, but I'm, I will take you up on that offer. <laughs> well, for us, it, it won't be a tall order. If you've seen all the people behind me right now, you'd be like, wow, 
Um, you know, our, our whole uh, focus right now is to get this news out. Uh, you know, it's, it, you know, as a side note, you, you talk about how the Lord intervened in this conference. You know, the Lord told me I was going to do television a long time ago. And uh, I never really wanted to do television, never wanted to be part of that crew. And, and even because of all the phony stuff that you see in Christianity, I really didn't want to have a Christian network. But now I realize what, what, what the Lord was calling me to do, to put something out there, to wake people up and let them see what's going on. And there's so many guys out there like you that have a voice that are willing to talk. We just got to get them on the platform. And, and right now we're, we, we are putting that, that platform is, is 99% together. So um, it, it'll be good. Plus That's you awesome. look good on television anyway. So, you know, it's, it'll be good. Well, thank you. Appreciate <laughs> Maybe I'll shave a little bit more. I stopped shaving about three years ago. I just like, you know, I wait, I wait like two days and then I just take a dry razor and do it. So maybe I'll start shaving when, you, when you're at that point, maybe I'll start doing that. Amen. So for those of you that are out there, they've been listening, uh, a wonderful program. And I know a lot of you have asked me about, uh, getting uh, Dr. Batar on and, and, uh, it, it, we're going to do that. Uh, we're going to work together. So for those of you that want to get in contact, Dr. Bouchard, is there a, a website, some something that people can get onto and 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 get in contact with you to get your uh, video series? I know that's going to be a question for a lot of our people. Hey, how do we get those tapes? Yeah, so we're right now they're editing them, and it'll probably take another couple of weeks to get those done. But our plan is that they'll be available at Advanced Medicine Conference. Advanced with the D, Advanced Medicine, not medical, but medicineconference.com. They can also go to advancedmedicine.com and get some free resources and tools, including the AHEAD map, which is an incredible tool to help people determine what their bodies may or may not need. I, I believe it's the most powerful health assessment tool ever developed. Uh, of course, I'm biased because I developed it with uh, 17 of the colleagues, but it's powered mm -hmm. by over 570 years of clinical experience and it's completely free. It doesn't cost anybody anything. I realized when uh, I had companies about five years ago approaching us and offering seven digit numbers to be able to license it, I realized how important it was. And I decided to just put it out. The best way of protecting it was to put it out for the world for free. That way nobody's gonna try to uh, hack it or prevent it or block it. So we just put it out for free for everybody and that's available at advancedmedicine.com. So advancedmedicine.com is that site, but advanced medicine conference, just add the word conference to it. That's where the digital downloads will be. And then Michael, if, I'm, if it's okay, I'll just mention two other sites. God forbid anybody needs medical uh, attention. It's something that I don't talk about normally, but when people bring it up, uh, you can just go to advanced centers for advanced medicine or just type in my name, drbutar.com, and that'll take you to the clinic site. But the other site that I'd like to mention, which is very, very important from a mindset aspect, right? And we've talked about mindset before. That is tap into the number two reality.com. So T-A-P-I-N, tap in, and then the number two, the numeral two reality, R-E-A-L-I-T-Y.com. They can go there and they'll get a lot of information. There's also these scrolls that we have. They're, they're, they're tap scrolls. And there's uh, 50 of them, but the first 17 are completely free. People can go ahead and subscribe and they'll get one tap scroll sent to them every, uh, every I think it's every day for 17 days. Mm -hmm. And um, there's no charge for that either. 
And that way it'll help them to kind of get their mindset in, in the right direction. TAP is, they can't join. Unfortunately, we only open it up for one week in December every year. And uh, so it's not going to be open till then, but at least it gives them those resources and they'll learn more about it if they have an interest. Dr. Rashid Bittar, brother, it's, it's always a pleasure having you. Uh, for those of you that are out there that want to get in contact with him, uh, those websites are open. Also ours, which is www.voh.newstv. And uh, please get a hold of us. Give us a call. Get on our websites. And we can uh, even uh, put you in contact uh, with Dr. Bittar. Um, again, thank you. And I hope we'll be talking again shortly. If you enjoyed today's podcast, partner with us by heading to vohradio.com. That's vohradio.com. Call the studio at 1-877-440-3737. That's 1-877-440-3737. Or you can send us an email at info at vohradio.com. Again, that's info at vohradio.com. This is the Voice of Healing Radio with Michael Petro.